Welcome back to A View from the Couch. My name is Rich. And I'm Jen. And today we are going to be kind and rewind yet again. We're going to get back to Stevie Spielberg's movies. We're in the 2000s now and we're going to watch War of the Worlds. We are going to watch yeah. that. Now, had you seen this one before? I have. I've seen this okay. one probably That's half nice. a dozen times. Oh, wow. Okay. So you did like this one, huh? I did. Okay. I did. So kind of giving away up front. I, well, obviously, I've seen it more than once, so I probably right. didn't hate it. <laughs> right. Now, I had early in my notes, I had, had you seen the 1953 version or read the book or heard the radio play? And you turned to me as we were watching this and said, was this based on a book? And I scratched those notes out. <laughs> Because I think I have my answer. <laughs> I think I have my answer. So I have not read the book or I, anything. I no. have done all of them. I have read the book. I have listened to the radio play with Orson Welles, which is the one that famously created a panic in the... Okay, I was going to ask. Yeah. I was thinking this was maybe that This is that, that one. one. Because okay. they, they produce it as a they produce it as like a radio broadcast almost, right? So people thought it was real. People thought it was real. But the problem was that people that were, were tuning in just after, like, it would come back from commercial, so, like, they wouldn't hear the comeback from commercial where they'd announce, like, oh, this is just fiction. Brought to blah, you blah, blah, by blah. Clorox. Right. right. So, so people would freak out, and there, there was a panic. There was a mild panic about the alien invasions in the 1940s, 38? Yeah. After I asked that question, I was like, well, that's dumb. I know this was a book. But for some reason, I just... <laughs> I just forgot. But I, okay. I did know it was a book, because then I remember... I'm pretty sure this was that radio thing, yep. and yeah, yep. it was kind of coming back to me yep. as as I was thinking about it later. So, I dumb watched... question asked on the moment. <laughs> that's okay, that's all right. Hey, it happens. I watched the original in England when I was a kid. This would be on TV a lot on the telly, as they say. So, when I was living in England as a kid, we would watch this most of the time when like we were over at these like these people that my parents worked with. One of, my, one of the other of my parents worked with these British people who had an archery range in their backyard. And we would go over there and let us shoot bow and arrow. and uh, <laughs> It was really cool. And then and then my parents and they would like sit around and, you know, shoot the shit. And meanwhile, my brother and I would be watching War of the Worlds on their little tiny British television. Mm. But the, the original freaked me the fuck out. Freaked yeah. me out as a kid. Like the idea, like the creatures, like the ships in the original were just like these little like flying like triangular like things with like these snake heads and it freaked me the hell out. Now question, yeah. in the original, mm -hmm. were the aliens here already or did they come down from space? I they came down from space. Okay. Yeah. Cuz I is I a think change. I think I did read something that Spielberg was trying to stick with the story but put like an original spin on it and so his yeah. thought was well what if they're already here this is a 9-11 allegory this entire film is an allegory for 9-11 mm. the fact that in nine at, in, at the attacks on the on the world trade center these pilots these terrorists were already here mm -hmm. they were simply activated and told to do what they were going to do mm. that's exactly what they're doing in this you know okay so there's there's a lot more there's a lot of other things that pop up that make me think of 9-11 um, and the attacks and the aftermath. But uh, yeah, they're right from the get-go. We have that. So Okay. Um, now, I also, watched, I also watched the TV series that was in like, I want to say it was 92, 93 time frame, something like that. But I watched that as well because I remember okay. being, remember fondly the watching the, the version, of, uh, the original version in Britain. And then I was a big sci-fi nerd at the time, not that I'm not now, but at the time that was like mm -hmm. burgeoning time of my sci-fi nerdery. I was watching everything sci-fi uh, from Star Trek to, you know, Alien Nation and this one, you know, also. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you've only seen this one though. I have only seen this <laughs> okay, one. Okay. So, so obviously I am way more nerdy about this than you are. Now, I can't say I've gone back and revisited all those other things, mm, but okay. I just remember them being a part of my life. I haven't seen the 1950s film in years, years, sure. decades. It's been a long time. I, I've seen little clips. It doesn't look like something I'd want to watch, but... <laughs> it's a typical 1950, yeah. 1953 sci-fi movie. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, well, why don't we just get right into it? Why don't you give us the cast and crew, and then we'll we'll talk movie. All right, so as you mentioned before, this was directed by Steven Spielberg. It was written by Josh Friedman, David Kep, 
and it's based on the book by H.G. Wells. We have Tom Cruise coming in as Ray Ferrier. Dakota Fanning is his daughter, Rachel. Justin Chatwin is Robbie. Miranda Otto is playing Mary Ann, which is ex-wife. Tim Robbins as Harlan. And we have Morgan Freeman as the narrator. Yes, Morgan Freeman, isn't it? Morgan Freeman reading the phone book. I could listen. I, you know what? He should should just read more books, audiobooks. Cause <laughs> does he do does he I don't know, but oh. I would assume somebody's Someone, wrapped him into that because he yeah. has just got an amazing voice. Yeah, okay, but the guy commands like a big, pretty hefty salary. Yeah. I can't imagine that they'd want to pay that much for a guy That's to read an audiobook. That's true, but I That's don't the know. only thing That's that I true. can think of with that. He he you are deserves absolutely right. a good salary. He is a talented actor. Yes. I just he's got a great voice. I love listening to him. <laughs> Calm down over there. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, I know you're absolutely right and I 100% agree. I could listen to him read the phone book like I was saying. So, yeah. All right, should we talk about the story? Let's jump in. We'll jump in with a scene that's being narrated. It's really, we only get like the beginning and the very end, right? The, mm-hmm. narrate, the, right. Where the narrator pops in. He's telling us that there are extraterrestrials with great intelligence watching the earth with envious eyes. And that's actually from the 53 movie too, I believe. But they, they're plotting against us. But we get to meet now... Ray Ferrier, who is a crane operator on a dock in Brooklyn, New York. Terrible dad. Yeah, he's estranged from his children, his 10-year-old daughter, Rachel, and his teenage son, Robbie. He lives in Bayonne, New Jersey. His wife lives somewhere in suburban New Jersey, fancy fancy pants suburban New Jersey, not not Bayonne, suburban Mm -hmm. New Jersey. And... She drops the kids off at his house for the weekend. They're on their way. Her and her new husband are on their way to Boston to visit her parents. And we get to we get to see a little bit of Ray's estrangement from the kids. He and Robbie kind of have this tense thing going on. He doesn't really get what's going on with his kids. He has them both sleeping in the same room, even though we've got a teenage boy and a preteen girl. They're both sleeping in the same room now. They don't have a separate space. He has, he has no food no here No food for in the them. fridge, yeah. Yep. He, he doesn't know these kids. They're his kids, but he doesn't know them. He's definitely an, yeah. an absentee father. He is here. an absentee father. He is yep. an absolute shit father. So 100%. one quick note, mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg really wanted Miranda Otto to play this role. She declined at first because she was pregnant, oh. and he wrote that into the script. He was that, like, it's okay, we can do that. Yes, he really wanted her. So uh, Okay, all yeah. right, fair enough. I, I wanted to make a quick note here that there, this is at, at the quiet before the storm, literally. In these scenes is where we get we get the resolution of the film. Rachel tells us how this is all going to end right off the bat. She gets a splinter and her dad's like, well, let me pull it out. Right. The military trying Mm -hmm. to fight the aliens off. She says, no, 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 no. When it's ready, my body will just push it out. We have the, we have the, the resolution of the film is right there. How it's going to end is right there in front of us. They laid it out for us. I didn't think of that. Yeah. I do. I, I, I caught it like a second viewing of it. And I really appreciate that they kind of throw that in there as like this throwaway line. But by the end, that's really ultimately anybody that knows the story of War of the Worlds knows that that's how it ends. Mm-hmm. The humanity or the, the life on Earth rejects the aliens. So, yeah. So we get a thunderstorm, this big, like, weird thunderstorm where you're getting these lightning strikes in the same spot over mm-hmm. and over and over again. And Ray goes to investigate one of them. Because this makes sense. Right. This makes total sense. Yeah. (laughs) Well, okay, so here's the thing. Something happens in a big city like that. People gather around. They want to know what's going on. Yeah. Think about about 9-11. And again, I'm going to throw a lot of 9-11 references in here because this this is what this movie feels like to me. So if you think about 9-11, when the planes hit the towers... In New York, there were people gathered at the bottom of the towers looking up, watching the whole thing unfold. They were standing there staring at it. Yeah. Well, and 
people are curious gawkers mm-hmm. on different, you know, like there's yep. an accident by the side of the road or something. But I'm just Absolutely. thinking he's got two kids. He doesn't Why care about his kids. Why are you running that. off? I know yeah. that, but ugh. Well, I didn't yeah, like but... that he ran off and left. Right. I, I mean, it's one thing for his older son. He could probably be okay at the house by himself for a little bit. But mm-hmm. his his daughter's scared. She's terrified. Yeah. And you just leave. Yeah. Not cool, man. Not cool. No, not cool at all. So I just want to point out that... I want to talk about something real quick. Yeah. So there's a part where Ray goes out of his house and there's lots of people out there and they're taking pictures and whatnot of the storm. So the producers, quote unquote, hired people on the street. So not actors, but people on the street to go there and take... They allowed them to take pictures of Tom Cruise for free. (laughs) (laughs) That's weird. So like they weren't taking pictures of the storm. They were taking pictures of Tom Cruise. Apparently. Apparently. Interesting. Okay. (laughs) All right. So that's why they're also very excited about it. That's just bizarre to me. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Hey, you want to come stand here and take a picture of this guy? Right. Hey, look, it's Tom Cruise. Come take a picture. We're just going (laughs) to film you nice and quiet. Did they? So he let them take pictures for free. Didn't pay these people. It doesn't say. It says they hired people on the street. Well, and, hired and, implies that they yeah, paid them. Okay. Yeah. So oh, hopefully they paid them. Yeah, I, I don't There's know. There's a lot of shit going on in Hollywood with people not getting paid, especially yeah. people that are not like Tom Cruise level, you know, actors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't and know I don't, the answer to that. I still, still just think it's like, hey, right. why did you come do this? You could take a picture of Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he is heading over there and he runs across this guy named, his mechanic named Manny. He helps Manny solve a problem. Now, here's a problem that I have here. The EMP that is causing all the electrical outage here should affect the solenoid that he's changing out. So no other solenoid would work even in that van, but it does eventually. Maybe it was a special one. Might have been. Might have been. So you need one car to work. That's just the way it goes. (laughs) So this crowd lake shows up at this crater, including Ray and this massive war machine just rises from the ground and starts zapping people. So this whole scene where we see him, this thing rising from the ground. Right. Okay, the special effects are a little dated, but I still think it's super cool. Really? You felt like those were yeah, dated? Yeah, because the part when they pan back and the and the ground is going up and down, it oh, you that. can you can almost see like it looks like a picture inside of a picture type of thing. Oh, that's just matte paintings and stuff. They right. Digital matte paintings. Right. But yeah. I, you can tell. I, I'm just saying mm. it, it did look a little dated to me, but I still loved it. I still yeah. thought it looked cool. It it's still terrifying. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like it. I, I liked it a lot. What did you think about the way that the aliens, the Martians, because they are from Mars, the the way that the Martians took out the humans with their little zap ray that like pff, pff, turns them into ash? What did you think of that? Um, Effective or no? For the aliens or for the movie? For, uh, uh, for the scariness level of the movie. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah. That's terrifying because you don't have a shot. Right. I mean, when you're watching these like monster type movies, you want to have a shot. Like it makes me think a little bit of like World War Z. World War Z is one of the scariest zombie movies to me because you have fast zombies. You don't have a shot. Right. Like you have very little shot of getting away from this. So it's scary to me. It's not only fast zombies in World War Z. There's like a hive mind to it. Oh, yeah. There's all all sorts of stuff. Yeah. I I love World War Z. That's a great movie. (laughs) It's very scary to me. But but this kind of reminds me of that a little bit where something like that, where they're just zapping you to ashes. Yeah. What's your defense? (laughs) Nothing. You have no defense. So it's scary. There is no defense. Yeah. Mel the cook on Alice said that the best defense is a good offense. So, okay. Well, what do you think of that? Oh, I think it was very effective. In the 1950s version, they just, uh, of course, they did the 1950s disintegration thing where it was just like they glowed red and then they disappeared, kind of oh, a thing. You know, okay. that that it were still they were still relying on the 1940s like stop motiony or what do they call that animation where it like okay. transitions from one cell to another, you know, or one mm. frame cell to another. Okay. Yeah. So uh, it's definitely more effective than that. I thought, and of course, it pays homage to that as well in the mm-hmm. fact in in the idea that they're getting disintegrated. So I thought that was pretty cool. 
So Ray goes and gets his kids, and then he steals the van that Manny was working on. And he tries to get Manny to come with him, but Manny won't go with him. Why? I don't know. Get in the van, dude, and go. Has he, does he not know what the hell else is going on around him? Like <laughs> He's got he blinders on. Like He has no clue what's happening. He's just, all he cares about <laughs> is that Ray can't take that car, that van because it's somebody else's van. That's what he's worried about. Dude, do you not see the giant There's Martian war machine behind you? aliens here, yeah. man. <laughs> They're coming to zap you, bro. Get in the van. You are going to die. Yeah, right. Well, and he says that to her, and that freaks out the kid, right? Yeah. Which got her screaming, which I'm sure you loved. Oh, I hate just the screaming just for screaming. I the, I get it. The yeah. kid is terrified. It's yes. just it just grates on your nerves. And I think that's kind of the point. Maybe. It's supposed to I think it sets you on edge intentionally. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Dakota so, Fanning, fantastic job screaming. Yeah. She, I mean a fantastic actor too, really. So they drive to Marianne's home in the wealthy neighborhood wherever she lives to take refuge. And so they take shelter in the basement, but then they hear a weird like roaring noise and an explosion. The next morning they like come out of the house and they discover the wreckage of a massive passenger aircraft, a Boeing 747. And Ray meets, well, Ray and the kids meet a TV team that are kind of scavenging for food. Mm-hmm. And the correspondent, the lady, the news reporter there, she talks about that tripods are attacking cities all over the world. And the they have like these force shields that kind of keep humans from being able to like zap them or shoot, shoot back. So like, like shields in Star Trek or deflector shields in Star Wars, you know, but it can deflect bullets or whatever, rockets, whatnot. And, but 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 this is where we get the reveal that the aliens, that the ships were there the whole time and the alien pilots were, you know, mm-hmm. being shot down on the lightning. Like it wasn't she, lightning. Yeah. It wasn't, this, it was lightning, but it wasn't like just lightning. They right. were specifically targeting those ships with mm-hmm. these alien uh, pilots. Mm-hmm. So. so cool little side story here. Yeah. This Boeing 747, after this movie, they moved that whole scene to Universal Studios Hollywood on the Backlot Tour, and I saw this. You did. That's I cool. did. It was super cool. It was right next to the Psycho House for in Bates Motel. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Well, so so this the Backlot Tour. If you ever get a chance to do the Backlot Tour, people, it is really kind of fun if you like movies because you get to see all these different set pieces, and then they take you through different things like how they do rain on mm. movie sets where they sure. shoot the sprinklers up in the air and stuff yeah. like that. But this was super cool to see Neat. the whole airplane thing, you know, on its side and all ripped apart and stuff. So I just wanted to throw that in there because I got to see this. That is that is very cool. It, while we're stopped, I want to point out that I really like the design of the alien ships here. They make It makes me think of like, the design from like the paperback that I had of this, the cover, some artist had drawn these these aliens that had like these giant legs, like these tripodic legs, like this. And I'm like, wow, that's that's pretty accurate, you know. So did this movie come out before Men in Black? Came out after Men in Black. Men, okay, so Men, Men in Black, in Black maybe got some inspiration from. Maybe the book or something. I felt like the aliens looked very similar to the men in black aliens, like the triangle type shape type with their stuff. So oh. maybe men in black was inspired by the book. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. I When I was watching this this time, I'm like, that looks really familiar to me for some reason. And I sure. think it was, or no, not men in black. I'm sorry. What's the other Will Smith one with aliens? Independence Day. That one. Oh, this came out long after Independence Day. Independence Day came out in 96. Okay. This movie's almost 10 years after that. Okay. Because the, the way those aliens look, these ones reminded me of that. Mm. Okay. That's possible. It's entirely possible. I don't... Rem- I, it's been decades since I read the books. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or books. Book. They're only one book. But it's been decades since I read it. And okay. I don't remember what the description of the aliens was I wouldn't doubt that they take inspiration from it because I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of hints to independent or in Independence Day for War of the Worlds mm. as well and V as well actually okay but, okay but anyway yeah so yeah yep. 
So Ray makes the decision that he's going to drive the kids to Boston so they can be with their mom. But they, as they're driving, they get accosted by this mob who are bound and determined to get this vehicle. Which I get this. People are scared. Mm-hmm. This is, and they've got an, an asset that everybody would love to have. Right, right. It gets a gun pulled on him. He backs off. He just wants his kid. He takes the daughter. But at this point, Robbie and the daughter are still there, right? It's yes. not until later that Robbie leaves. But yep. So the, the he and the kids go to the Hudson River Ferry, but while they're waiting there for the ferry, they get surrounded by tripods, which kind of creates a bit of a panic. People trying to get on the boat as it's trying to pull away. Mm-hmm. All I can think of, again, 9-11, when the tower started coming down... People were running. They were running away from this imminent doom that mm-hmm. was falling from the sky. Mm-hmm. Another 9-11 thing there. They get on the ferry, and one of my favorite scenes in the movie is the ferry scene with the alien underneath them. And oh, coming this up thing out of the come, water. Oh, that looks so cool. Like It was scary and cool, and yeah, I love it. I yeah. agree. Yep, absolutely. They end up in the water. They end up swimming to shore. They manage to escape, and then they run across, like, the Marines trying to fight off some of these tripods, and Robbie decides that he is going to join the fight because he's angry about, he, he hates the invaders. He's going to go yeah. after the, them. So, question, it, somewhere along here, is this where we get the river of bodies? Yes, this is after... I want to say it is right after the 747 scene. Okay. Because you've got, you've got a distraught child mm-hmm. and you start with this beautiful scene yeah. with the river and then comes all the bodies. It's really horrific. Really horrific. It makes me think of the people jumping out of the towers. Mm-hmm. That's what that makes me think of. Yeah. Little side note on mm. here. A couple of the mannequins that were in the water yeah. got away from them oh, no. and was flighting <laughs> float down the river. <laughs> so they did call the local police departments to let them know there was bodies. There was a couple of mannequin bodies in the river <laughs> in case they got some calls. <laughs> did they get any calls? Do you have any follow-up? I don't have any follow-up, but I did oh, think that was God. a little funny that... You just have mannequins. I, that would definitely freak someone out, I'm sure. <laughs> that would freak me out, right? Yeah. Wouldn't it freak you out? Like, you were just like, hey, we're standing by the rivers. Oh, my God. What is that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that would Holy freak crap. me right the hell out. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, the, so Robbie does run off. And the as Ray and, and Rachel watch, the Marines are just, like, completely wiped out. Yeah, within moments. Within moments of him running over. It's basically, it takes place on a hill. Mm -hmm. And within moments of him running over that hill, there's this massive explosion. I mean, obviously the Martians have won that battle. And so we're presuming Robbie is dead at that point. Mm -hmm. So shortly after that, Ray and Rachel are offered shelter in a nearby house by Tim Robbins' character, Harlan Ogilvy. Ogilvy. Ogilvy? Ogilvy. So Ogilvy. this character yeah. um, is actually a mix of three characters from the book. Okay. So in the book, there was a curate who gets trapped in a ruined house with the main character. Oh, yeah. Yep. There's an artillery man whose behavior and dialogue is very similar to this character. Right. And then... And then there's a friend of his, too, that's kind of mixed in there. So he's kind of a combination of three characters that were in the book. Because obviously when you do movies, you got to kind of condense things down a little bit. So Well, it's an adaptation. Yeah. So. Yeah. So they, they, they made the three into one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I love Tim Robbins, too. <laughs> Tim he, Robbins is good. He's a good actor. Now, so... Tim Robbins' character spouts a lot of things that I was hearing people say about Muslim people shortly after 9-11. So we're getting a lot of that sentiment here. Now, it's obviously not directed in the same way because the aliens that are invading here are 
definitely not supposed to be here. Right. You know? Right. So there's there's a little bit of a difference here, but I think this was an opportunity for the screenwriters to make a point with I think it's I think all of this 9/11 allegory stuff is intentional. I think that the screenwriters intended to make this as a response to 9/11. I think that Spielberg I am pretty sure you're right. I did yeah. when I was doing some reading, I did come across Steven okay. Spielberg wanted to yep. uh, represent the 9/11 in some way. In here, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and that's yeah. very I mean, it's yeah. very obvious mm-hmm. watching the film with that in mind, you can't help but see it. Mm-hmm. So. And, and I've never thought of that, but then once I've read that and was kind of thinking back, I was like, okay, I, I could see that. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. So the the three of them are in, they're in a basement, they're in the basement of Harlan's house, and they are undetected. They stay there for a while, but then a tripod shows up and starts to probe the basement with like this cool like eye thing. Now that eye thing looks an awful lot like the top of the old alien ships where the, it, it had like this snake-like head mm. and that's the snake-like head that would like that would that did the searching in the movie of the 50 in the 53 movie okay so this is an homage to that as well that it looks so much like that original okay. uh, 1953 flag and then we get the aliens showing up now i don't remember if this happened in the 50s movie where the aliens actually got out of the craft i don't think it did i think the only visual we have of the aliens was the alien arm coming down at the very end of the movie out mm-hmm. of the ship sure. in 53. But in this movie, we get to see these aliens like wandering around in the basement looking for people. Turns out that they are cultivating this this vegetation that basically is all over the landscape and it's kind of spreading quickly all over. But the way that it's doing that is with human blood. So... <sighs> What did you think of this basement scene? I thought that the basement scene was really tense. I think Tom Cruise... ah, I think Tom Cruise's character having to kill Tim Robbins' character is supposed to be this furthering of his character as finally stepping into the shoes as the father. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, he could have run, he could have tried to find another way, but he knew that there was shelter there and that if he could keep this man quiet, he could maybe mm-hmm. still stay there with Rachel for a little while, you know? Right. Doesn't quite happen that way. What did you think of this basement scene? I do think it was a little long. Yeah. yeah. But it's still, it's okay. I think if they cut it down a little bit, it would be a little bit better. But I still like the scene. It was very tense. I think a little bit of the talky stuff maybe... Or maybe even just some of the tents moving around maybe yeah. could be cut down. I'm not sure what I would cut out, but I felt like it was <laughs> yeah. it went on a little long. Right. But I like how he was able to build tension in this tight little space. Yeah. And then definitely. you have like that water movement where you know the aliens under that water and it, the people don't. So, I mean, right. we're, we're part of the secret here that they're going to come up and, you know, get them. And I like the little mirror trick they did. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I like this scene. I, I, I like the scene as well. I just wish that I wish that they hadn't taken the aliens out of the craft so early. I think it ruins a little bit of the tension of this unseen enemy kind of a thing. But this is really seen. all we see the aliens except for at the end, isn't it? Right, right. But what I'm saying is, if we never see them, if they're completely faceless mm-hmm. the whole time, mm-hmm. then I think that that's a, a bit more of a foreboding enemy. Sure. Than putting a literally putting a face to okay. it. Okay. I think that's really my only qualm about this. This scene, really. I think they could have done it with just the probe thing, but what? Who am I to tell Spielberg how to make a movie? You know? mm-hmm. I think Who am I to tell anybody th- how to make I think he knows movie. what he's doing. Yeah, I think he knows what he's doing, right? Like, doesn't need me. Some dude in the basement somewhere. Not my mom's basement, by the way. It's my own basement, people. God, before you get all up in my business. Anyway, so as I said, Ray ends up having to kill Harlan. They end up going to sleep, right? They're, they, they, they sleep after Harlan gets killed? I think so. Yeah, and then... 
another tripod comes along and does the same thing, starts searching. Mm -hmm. But then Rachel takes off and runs, but she ends up getting captured. So Ray takes a bunch of grenades that he finds in this Humvee outside, probably Mm -hmm. from the military that was trying to fight the bad guys there. And he gets himself abducted. And with the help of the other abductees, Ray manages to get himself sucked up into the tripod with the grenades. And then he ends up getting spat back out. Mm-hmm. He pulls the pins on the grenades, but the grenades are still in there. Mm-hmm. And the tripod blows up from the inside. So that's great. They end up falling on the ground. They end up getting out. So yeah, was the movie Nope inspired from this? This made me think of those <laughs> ones. It might they, have been. Where they suck those people up and then we got to see a lot more in Nope, though. A lot yeah, more gross and gooey stuff. But this made me think of... Nope. I will tell you this. Jordan Peele, I'm pretty sure, is a horror movie fan, a sci-fi movie Mm -hmm. fan. There is no doubt in my mind that he is at least paying a little bit of homage to this movie. Because it wasn't exactly the same, but it seemed very similar. No, not at all. But yeah, I mean, yep. Also, I think this is a creative way to knock one of these things out. Although you're taking a pretty good shot that you are not going to survive yourself. But right. at that point, do you want to survive if you're getting sucked in and like shat out as blood everywhere? I mean, you're not going to survive. I mean, what are you talking yeah. about? Well, that's just, that's what what I'm saying is, do you want, I mean, you have the chance of blowing yourself up or you're going to die in a very gruesome and probably horrifying manner it is horrifying didn't yeah. you see how they did it they, yeah they pin them down and they stick a thing in them and then suck all their blood out yeah so anyways yeah. i mean it's a risky move but probably worth it i think of it as furthering tom cruise's character ray's character into his role as a father because i think by the end of this movie it's about him becoming a father again you know what i mean like mm-hmm actually taking charge and taking responsibility for his kids. I think here it is more of a, look, I'm not going to let you have her. Even if I have to, even if we all have to die to stop this, I'm not going to let you have her. Right. Right. Protecting his kids at all costs. So, yeah. So after this, Ray and Rachel finally reach Boston where they find the, that vegetation that the aliens were spreading mm-hmm. is starting to wither and the tripods are starting to just collapse. And there is an active tripod there. The military are trying to fight it. Ray notices that there's birds that are landing on the tripod, which they shouldn't be able to do if they have shields. So it means that the force fields are gone. So he tells the soldiers, he's like, look, the shields are down. The soldiers use an anti-tank, an RPG, not Mm -hmm. an RPG, like one of those javelin missiles, Mm -hmm. and takes the the thing down, and then they advance on it. And as they do, the hatch opens at the bottom of the tripod, and an arm kind of like flops out. Mm -hmm. The creature inside is dead. Now... Up until this point, now I know how it ends. I've seen the original movie. I know how I've read the book. I know how I know how they're defeated. By this point in this movie, I'm not sure if the rocket killed him or if it is the if it is the bacteria. Well, I think this particular alien right. was weakened because of the bacteria and then the rocket killed it. Right. But I think if they wouldn't have shot the rocket, it was going to die anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're probably right. Ray and Rachel reach Marianne's parents' house. They reunite with Marianne and Robbie, who is He's still alive? alive. All right. What do you think of that? I hate that. I hate that with he- a passion. He went off to do a noble sacrifice in his eyes. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not disputing that at all. I my problem with this is we saw that explosion. I growl, mm-hmm. okay, we didn't see a body. How did he know to go there? How did he make his way to Boston? I don't know. I mean, I he knew that that's where they were heading. So where else would he go? Yeah, I suppose, but But he seems uninjured. He was able to get there before 
Ray. I my thing more is this is a a pretty dark movie where a lot of people die, and it's very fortunate for this family that every single one of them survive. Right. And I, now I'm one. You know me. I don't like everybody dying at the end. That is not my <laughs> kind of movie. That's just not me. You don't but like I the still rogue felt woman. like. This was almost like, oh, Steven Spielberg going to give us a happy ending. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Robbie inexplicably just gives up on this crusade of his, too. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no, like, he was so adamant about that. Mm-hmm. But he, he just, had to have. We don't, we don't have that much time between when he splits off from Ray and Rachel. It would have had now. to have been an immediate turnaround. He would have around. had to have been like, you know what, fuck this, and taken off. But mm-hmm. then why wouldn't he have gone back to his dad? To stay together, safety in numbers, et cetera. I don't right? know. But no. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like this whole thing with him at the end. I think it's more effective if he had died in it because 9-11 allegory again, when we sent soldiers to Afghanistan, some of them have died, right? Some, a bunch of them have died. These, these kids that went off to war. Robbie should have been a casualty of this war. If he was going to choose to run off to fight mm-hmm. these people or these aliens, he should have died in that. I'm guessing it was really more important for Spielberg to have that father-son moment at the end, like their their relationship is okay, okay but for that, now. But The problem with that is that he doesn't nurture that relationship like he does with the relationship with Rachel. He doesn't protect Robbie the way he protects Rachel. He doesn't yeah, no. save Robbie the way he saves Rachel. There's no reason for Robbie to be like, oh my God, I'm so glad you're here. There's reason for Tom Cruise to say that because he's mm-hmm. a changed man, allegedly. You know, mm-hmm. while we're watching this, he's kind of come to this new conclusion that, oh my God, my kids should be coming first. Yeah. But Robbie hasn't seen that. Robbie hasn't watched that progression. He doesn't know about it. He doesn't know what he did to get yeah. Rachel there. Do you... you know? So in stuff that I've read about Steven Spielberg, apparently he did not have a good relationship with his father. Not when he was young, yeah. Yep. When he was young. Do you think it has something to do with uh, that? That yes. he is yes. saying, okay, we're going to bring these two back at the end. Yes. And it's a it's his personal, like maybe healing moment or something. One of Spielberg's biggest things is he his movies almost exclusively deal with broken families. And... The idea that the kids being okay with both of the parents, I think, is probably... I mean, this is a different phase for Spielberg. You know, in the 80s, there were absent fathers. His father was absent. In the 90s, there were fathers trying to come back into kids' lives. Hook. And now there's... Now he's got maybe this... From this point on, maybe maybe it's more of a we're we're accepting you know where we're at. Like we've got two separate families, we're accepting this. You know, mm-hmm. like I think that's what it is. But I think you can I think that you can effectively do that with just Rachel. I don't think Robbie coming back makes any sense. I I didn't either. Yeah. I when he was back, it was like wait what? Yeah. So it wasn't like this happy ending right. for me as it was because it, it was more confusing right than happy ending yeah i was curious what you thought so well, it's interesting okay. i mean narratively it just it just doesn't follow with what else you've been doing you you've been you've been m- mimicking the 9-11 experience up until this point why now this kid's back all of a sudden you know mm-hmm. they're the the soldiers that died in the attacks on Afghanistan post 9-11 were also victims of the 9-11 attacks in a way, you know? And Robbie coming back kind of belies that a little bit, I think. But then we get... Okay, so after the reuniting of the families, we... So, like, the Godfather. We get the narrator <laughs> kind of explaining... He gives us the, the speech that we always get, like, that, that we got at the end of the first movie, basically that... The aliens, you know, they have these great machines and all this, but it was the tiniest inhabitant of Earth that took it out. Mm-hmm. The microbes that grew on this planet that that stopped this invasion. Mm-hmm. So, no, they say it. They call it God and His wisdom, which, yeah, yeah, I know. And 
in the original War of the Worlds adaptation, film adaptation, they actually are singing a hymn at the end of the movie, which, okay. <laughs> I mean, fine. Whatever. But, but yes. So, and that's the end of the movie. The, the narration is the end of the flick. All right. So, any other... Any other notes that you'd like to bring up here? Yeah, I've got a couple things here. Okay. So the grandparents at the end are yeah. actually played by actors that were in the 1953 movie. I had heard about that. Yeah, the the two leads from the original, right? Yeah. Or is that is yep. that who they are? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'd heard about that. Neat. When they were filming the water scenes for that capsized the ferry. ferry? Holy shit, yeah. yeah. Steven Spielberg. Tank? Did he do it in a tank? He wasn't crazy enough to do it out. No, in the it was on. Again, no, right? it was a soundstage. It was on a stage. Okay, good. But he pumped in through the speakers the Jaws music to, to <laughs> prank to prank Tom Cruise and Dakota fan. Dick. <laughs> That's funny. That is. That's funny. a pretty good prank. I like that one. Yeah, That's I mean, good. you're in the dark waters and you get the Jaws theme. Yeah, I'd probably pee myself a little. Oh yeah, I'd freak out for sure. <laughs> this movie is kind of told from the narrator standpoint the um, standpoint of ray farrier so they kept a lot of the panoramic shots they kind of kept it to a minimum because they really wanted this told from a person's point of view so that's why we don't see like big wide shots of the aliens and stuff like that there's a couple but very few yeah no i think kaminsky's intent there really was to kind of give it a documentary feel mm-hmm. and i really i really like that. that that is one of the things that i really do like about this movie is the way that it is shot it feels like you're embedded with soldiers during a war kind of the way saving private ryan feels when they're mm-hmm. in battle where you you're got, in with them you're there you're in that foxhole with them this is yeah. how that that's how this feels yeah yeah definitely i have an alternate casting really for harlan oh okay bill murray <laughs> I mean, maybe Bill Murray can do serial, serious. Uh, he can. Roles as I, well. I. I'm glad it was Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins played the serious, crazy guy pretty well. Bill Murray, I feel like, would have almost had almost. It's Bill Murray, so he almost always has a little bit of a comedic part he's, to it. Yeah, he's got a little bit of a wink in his eye. Most yeah. Of the time, yeah. So. Yeah. Nothing against Bill Murray, but I, oh. I feel like this character needs to be crazy. Like, he yeah. is off the rails right now. I wish, I feel like if there had to be a different person besides Tim Robbins, it should have been uh, Robin Williams. Oh, yeah, he could have done it. He would have been astounding in this role. But I think Tim Robbins did a fantastic job as is. Yep. The last thing I want to talk about is this movie was picked because Steven Spielberg and Tom Cruise wanted to work together again Mm -hmm. after um, Minority Report. Minority Report. And so they kind of threw some different thoughts around and they came up with this one. Hmm. (laughs) After this film, Steven Spielberg said he would never make another movie with Tom Cruise. Oh, why? That's Dish, dish. I want to hear about that. So the thoughts are, it's rumored thoughts, but Cruz is rumored to have tried to convert Spielberg to Scientology. Oh, no. Really? And apparently he was spouting off Scientology crap to all sorts of different <laughs> actors on the, on the scenes, oh, like, like talking about different things that aren't allowed and this isn't good and that's not good. Oh, and then when they were doing the what's it called like a press tour type thing where they're going to different talk shows and talking and whatnot sure this is the famous oprah winfrey interview where he's like jumping on the couch and stuff (laughs) oh is that when this is and so steven spielberg was like his erratic behavior was kind of hurting the movie because people were starting to like turn Like, I remember this. This is really kind of when I started thinking differently about him, too, because he was really kind of going a little crazy. But, yeah, this is that time period. And so apparently he was excited to work with him before this and afterwards like, no, I'm good. (laughs) That's that's pretty damn funny, actually. So, yeah, Tom Cruise certified grade A nut bar. Uh, I don't know if he still is, but right around this time. 
Definitely. I don't know if he spouts it off on talk shows anymore. I think he's maybe learned his lesson, but I have no idea what he's like in real life. But he's he is not somebody that is on my, oh, I'd love to meet him someday because I feel right. like he's kind of an odd duck. I don't know. He's not the, he's not the uh, let's have dinner with Tom Cruise kind of a, right? No. Yeah. No, there's tons of other actors oh, that yeah. I would love to Plenty. meet. And not saying that if I ever did meet him, I'd be like, no, thank you. But, you know, I, it's not somebody I'd probably go out of my way and try and meet or anything like that. Say, not that I'd do that with anybody, but, you know. <laughs> say, Jennifer, I'm Tom Cruise. You want to go out to dinner? I don't know. Are you going to try any of that Scientologist know. shit on me or are you just going to have dinner? As long as we could keep the Scientology talk to a minimum, fine. Minimum and you're zero. buying. <laughs> you're buying. Yeah, it's on you, right? Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Also, just wanted to say real quick that I feel like John Williams is just up for, for whatever the fuck Spielberg calls him about. Spielberg Why calls not? Him, yeah. Well, like, I imagine that the conversation goes something like this. Hi, Stephen. What are we going to do next? It's a spy movie with no action. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I got a theme for that. Like, like, you know, like Bridge of Spies, right? No action in that movie. But, but yeah, I like... John Williams, I love, I love the collaboration with Spielberg. He makes some of his best music in Spielberg movies. Like these guys go together like apples and peanut butter. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they are just perfect together. And I just, I love it. I'm glad he's not retiring now. And yes, so there's that. Although if he's really ready to retire, dude, you have contributed enough. Relax. Have a good time. Enjoy your life. But you know what? Maybe that is him enjoying it. Maybe this is what he just, this is his thing. He loves to do it. And I just, as long as he's, you know, devoting his time to his family that he needs to and wants to do whatever the hell makes you happy, man. Yeah, absolutely. But John Williams, just know, I will listen to every soundtrack you've ever made anytime. That was actually, I, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast. I did tell you, but this last tax season when I was like getting really stressed out and I just needed something good to listen to i would play there's a john williams compilation like of all his different soundtracks and stuff yeah i just put that on and <laughs> just listen to that while i was trying to figure out tax problems <laughs> he's got some certified bangers in there yeah yes yeah. yes the man is prolific all right any other notes nope that's all, right. all i've got let's do our thing let's do keep rent or erase jennifer and why I'm going to keep this one. I enjoy this one. I've watched, like I said, I've watched it about half a dozen times. It's a, it's a, it's a good sci-fi movie. It's a sci-fi movie that I like. Look at that. Did you just say good and sci-fi and movie in one sentence? And I like it. That's weird. I like it. I, I feel a little weird right now. I like the acting. I, I, the only thing I really don't like is that Robbie was yeah. in the end, but literally everything else I like. I like the aliens. I like the intensity he brought here. I, I like the creep factor. Music is great. All around, great movie. I like it a lot. How about you? This movie is 100% a keep for me. Again, I did not like Robbie showing back up at the end. But I do like... I'm always interested to hear how people that I hold in a high esteem, like Spielberg, are going to respond to major events like, say, 9-11. And this, to me, is his response to that. This is his lens on the human experience during that time. And, and I appreciate that a lot. I'm not a huge Tom Cruise fan. I'm not a anti-Tom Cruise person, his personal beliefs aside. But if this is, this is hardly his worst movie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, 100% keep. I like it. It is not... Look at... What have I said not keep to? Like one thing, right? Was it Catch Me If You Can? Was that a was that I a think rent? you rented it, yeah. yeah. I think there's only one Spielberg movie so far that I've been like, <laughs> nah, I'm good. I don't I know if we're going to get to another one. I am not in that same boat as yeah. you, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> you are definitely a Spielberg fanatic. I'm an acolyte of Spielberg. <laughs> an acolyte of Steve. Friends of Steve. That's what we'll call me. Friends of Steve. We're, I'm going to make a group. That sounds a little too zealot-like, right? A little too... A little too stalkerish. Yeah. <laughs> David Miscavige type thing. You know, we'll just, you know what? Eh, it's good. I just like Spielberg. So, <laughs> what are we doing next? What's next? All right. I don't know if you remember us picking this, and you're probably going to be shocked that I okayed this movie. Oh. We're covering Creed 3. 
<laughs> I don't remember us picking that. Have you seen the first two Creed I movies? have not, so I need to do some prep work here have this week. Have you seen all of the Rocky movies? No. Jesus. You got... Do I have to watch all those? To make... Okay, so if you're prepping with Creed and Creed 2, you're going to want to know what the follow-up or the, like, the lead-up is to Creed and Creed 2. Otherwise, you're going to be like, the fuck is going on here? Creed three, I maybe I'll just read the 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 plot summaries of the other (laughs) ones. I definitely don't want to watch that many boxing movies. Here's what you do. Here's what you do. Yeah. Here's my suggestion: Rocky, Rocky Balboa, Creed, Creed two, Creed three. Oh, that's five movies this week. Yes, but it's not. It's not like eight. No, two, three, four, five, five. It would be nine if you. I'm cutting four movies out of that. You can watch Rocky and watch Rocky Balboa and get the full Rocky story. I am regretting this decision to do this. (laughs) You know what? You don't have to watch the Rocky movies. Just watch the Creed movies. And if you're confused, you can ask me. I'll just tell you. Okay. How about that? That sounds good. Is that that better for you? I was planning on watching Creed and Creed (laughs) 2, but I really don't want to go back and watch the Rocky movies. (laughs) Oh, come on. You are doing Rocky a great disservice. And maybe I should push for a Rocky series on this on this podcast here's my thing though is they're not all boxing movies i don't like okay i don't like most boxing movies there's one movie i could think of that's a boxing movie that i actually like but it's one i've only seen twice it's not one i go back to on a regular basis never seen it Oh, okay what is it million dollar baby oh yeah okay but I've so, only watched it twice. I watched it once, and then I told you you need to see this movie, and yeah. I watched it with you. And I, I okay. don't know if I'll ever watch it again because it's really... It's a very hard movie to sit through. Yeah, it's, it's, the, end it, the end is just so heartbreaking, but yeah. it was such a good movie that I tolerate the boxing in it. Okay, so I'm going to throw this at you. You know how The Walking Dead is a movie about survival with zombies in it? Mm-hmm. Rocky is, the mov- is a movie about a guy with something to prove. With boxing in it. That's it. There's one, there's like two boxing matches in the entirety of Rocky. So the very beginning and the very end, and that's it. That's the first movie. The okay. Second movie, same thing. Okay. Third movie, there's a boxing, a boxing match, another boxing match, a wrestling match, and another boxing match. And then the fourth movie, it's literally Rocky versus Russia. How could you be wrong about that? And then the fifth movie is just shit. Don't watch that. And then Rocky Balboa, again. Almost no boxing in that movie. The end. That's it. But you don't have to watch them. Like I said, you don't have to. But I'm just saying, like, they're not all boxing. There's, like, some boxing in them. That's, like, the backdrop to the movie. Okay. But I'm... Okay. I'm just watching the two that lead up to this. (laughs) I'm going to... Fuck it. I'm just doing the Creed ones. I am going to put my aversion to boxing movies aside to take care of Creed because it was a... It, the, these Creed movies are popular. I want to give it a shot. Okay. Just see how it goes. All right. Sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. I enjoyed, I've enjoyed. i enjoyed every Rocky or Creed movie except for Rocky V. And even that one I'll watch just for the cheese factor. So, all right. Next week right here on the couch, Michael B. Jordan, Creed Three. Oh, and Jonathan Majors. Thanks for listening, everyone. You've been listening to A View from the Couch, a Space Moose Media podcast. You can interact with our hosts on Twitter by going to twitter.com forward slash view underscore couch. You can also email us at aviewfromthecouch at yahoo.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, please help us get noticed by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice. Thanks for listening.